Welcome back to Twin Set Unzipped. In this week's episode, we will be sharing our stories for C-section awareness month. Also, toxic TikTok filters that have really made us feel worried for our children. Not forgetting learning about how we're doing our morning routine all wrong and ending on our feel-good factors of the week. As always, thank you so much for your support. Please do like, subscribe, comment and recommend to all your friends who might like to have a listen. Enjoy the show. So I'm back from holiday. Hi, babe. And it feels like I've been away forever. Why well, is that? I feel like you've been away forever. <laughs> it's been a weird thing because obviously we were in Marrakesh. Then we came back for a day. Then I went off and it was Easter. So everyone was off for four days. And then I come back and we're in a whole new studio. It just feels like so much has we're changed. We're in a whole new studio. We've just had a big <laughs> launch. It's a new month. Yeah, it does feel like this is a whole new chapter. And dare in- I say, it's spring. Is it? I am absolutely freezing today. (laughs) I heard yesterday that we did have the rainiest March in 40 years. And and probably going to be the same for April. I think being away, just feeling that sun on your skin, there is just nothing better. And I was in Dubai and it was so nice. Actually bumped into quite a few twin setters out there. Did you? And twice I got absolutely shamed. Alex's life was made. Two girls came up to me and said, I have to come up to you. I did see your husband first, but I just wanted to say hi. Um, so he was absolutely so living the dream with bye that. Bye, Philippa. Hello, Alex, on the podcast. Absolutely. I mean, who even am I anymore? He loved that. Um, but we had a really nice time. Do you know what? It's just, I think we're so on, on, on the whole yeah. time. And even the kids, now that they're at school with the homework and everything and all the the activities, the camps, the sports and everything. It's just so full on. There's it's no just stop. so nice to have a week of just and breathe and relax and no structure. And talking of kids, any funny holiday stories for me? So actually we, the at the airport on the way, you know when you've got like this vision in your head of how it's all going to pan out, how it's going to work. And I said to Alex, it was a Friday night flight. I was like, I really do not want to rush. We both worked in the, ho- we worked on Friday Packed up, went, had plenty of time, wanted to leave myself three hours that we could have dinner there, chill, relax, have a calm experience. I feel there's a huge but The whole coming. thing <laughs> is going so well. Whilst we were in Dubai, Alfie was doing a football camp, so I promised him I would get him new football trainers. So we check in, go through security. It's all beautiful. It's calm. It's chilled. Go to JD Sports. He gets his trainers. Go to Wagamama have our dinner and then I'm like right I'm just going to go to Boots quickly before we go to the gate I need to get some sun cream come back from Boots and Alex is like where's the buggy we had two buggies by the way I was like well I thought you had it he was like well I thought you had it we only had one at this point so we're looking around and I for the life of me cannot remember who had which buggy but I convinced well, myself that he had the one that got <laughs> I was going to say if Alex had one I mean god knows where, where was yours no my one was with me but who knows I could have had the other one as well we don't mm. know at this point I'm trying to rack my brains anyway I'm like well you've obviously lost it you've left it somewhere go back to JD Sports and find it so I took the kids to the gate at this point we've now got like 20 minutes to get to the gate and it's like a 20 minute train ride to get there we're so panicked He's like freaking out what's in this buggy. Neither of us can remember. We're all flustered. He goes to JD Sports. It's not there. And then I said, right, I'm going to have to take the kids now to the gate. He goes to the security. The security are like, well, we're going to have to go to Lost and Found. It could take another 15 minutes. Oh, my God. We're getting so stressed out. 
I call him because everyone's literally boarding the plane. I'm like, you've got to come. Just forget about the buggy. But Alex cannot bear that kind of behavior. He's like, I can't, I can't let it go. Like, we can't just lose a buggy. So finally, I see him leg it to the gate. Sorry, with or without a buggy? Without the buggy. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, who cares? It doesn't matter. The only reason why we had two buggies was because for the journey home, we were doing a crazy, ridiculous 1 a.m. flight. So we knew that the kids would be asleep, well, hopefully asleep in the airport, and we didn't wouldn't have to hold one. Anyway, so we get on the flight. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's only a buggy. Let's not freak out. We've still got one. Doesn't matter. Sit down. And then Alex says, where's the kitty? So for those of you that I need to share, Kitty is Ava's comforter that she has slept with since she was about four months old. She has never not slept with it. She is so attached, a little bit like Miss Ellis over here with her muzzy. She cannot sleep without this muzzy. But there is there is a few bunnies. There's a few kitties. Kitty, sorry. There's a few kitties, but, were- but for some reason, I only packed one for the airport. Why? Error. I will never do error, that. Error, error, error. Kitty was left in this buggy that was now lost. I feel that pain deep within my heart for Ava because I know <laughs> how that would feel. I was just so panicked. How how am I going to tell her? So I'm sitting there thinking, she's not going to be able to sleep. We've got this whole night flight. She's not going to be able to sleep. She's never been able to sleep without it. So in my head, I'm just working myself up thinking, how am I going to break it to her? Do I just ignore the situation? Do I just hope that she'll fall asleep? She'll be so tired, she just passes out. It will just out. be a magical experience where she'll just sleep and she won't even ask for it. So I'm like sweating, thinking, how am I going to, what am I going to do? I'm like working my way up, working myself up so much. And about half halfway into it, she turns around, and she goes, mommy, I want Kitty, I want to go to sleep. So I look at Alex and I can't bring myself to, to say anything. So I just make him say it. He goes, so the thing with Kitty oh, is God. that Kitty's not on the aeroplane because she's in the suitcase. So we'll have Kitty as soon as we land. And you know when their lip goes. And I can just see that her heart is just so broken and she can't understand. And then Alfie Blessing goes, well, you can have my bunny, Ava. Oh, <laughs> so cute. So, but you know how, like, as parents, we work ourselves up so much. I mean, it could have gone, gone one way or another. Thank God Alfie, bless him, with his kind soul, gave her his and bunny. She slept. And, she, and she slept. And did Alfie sleep without bunny? He did. But he's okay with that. Yeah. Like, he's not as attached. Normally at home, if he had given her his bunny, she would be like, no, I want Kitty. But she was obviously but so she's, tired. And so that so worked desperate. to her advantage. But I think lesson learned, sometimes we just have to put a little bit more faith into our children. And it's normally us that overreact and cause the fuss and the drama. And actually, although I was so stressed out about the whole thing, flight and not her not sleeping it was fine it was fine so it and started also off very learned, stressful pack all the muzzies oh all the kitties gosh. all the gear i will never be doing that again i sometimes take like two hand two wheelies on the plane like literally a bag each because i feel like i need to, for my own mental health i need to be prepared <laughs> for every eventuality do you take a muzzy for yourself on the plane something i really <laughs> battle with because there's nothing I want to have more in life than a muzzy You're on a so night flight. You're so jealous of your kids. Yeah, but how can I sit there as a grown woman? I can't. So sometimes when if I've got Edie on me, I try and have one of her muzzies high up <laughs> so it. that I can literally sniff away. But it's a very hard, it's hard for me on a night flight. <laughs> well, lesson oh, learned, I will learned. not be flying with one kitty ever again. But that's it. But did you have a good Easter? I, I feel had, like you were also... I had a good Easter. I had Craig's 40th. Yeah. Lots of celebrations, lots of cake, lots of Easter eggs, all lovely times. But was very, very happy to be back to some form of normality. Yes. 
on Tuesday. I literally don't even know what day it is. I think it's Wednesday today <laughs> because I feel like I'm very bad out of routine. Yeah. And I feel, because remember before Marrakesh, I was in Tenerife as well. So yeah. the past month, it's just there's been, been no routine yeah. and I have felt wild inside. So I'm delighted to be back to routine. Um, and yeah, back to normal. And we're now in April, which thank God we're in April. I mean, come on, we just need to get to summer. We need the warmer days, the longer days. But we both read last week, April is C-section awareness month, which is interesting for us because we have both had C-sections, very two very different experiences. Maybe um, four different very experiences. Yes, actually. Um, and we actually often do get asked about sharing our birth experiences on Instagram and we kind of haven't really had that opportunity yeah. to do it. It's never felt right. So we thought we would just kind of share a little bit about why we had to have them um our feelings towards it because i know that c-sections have such a negative connotation um but for us we wanted to share why we had them and and our own experience do you want to go first i'm gonna let the positive story start okay <laughs> um right so i it, when i fell pregnant i think as most uh, well maybe not all but a lot mothers you have this visualization of how you're going to give birth and it's going to be a very um incredible natural moment and you know that's what I dreamt of anyway I was in my head I really wanted to deliver naturally there was no other in my head there was no other option and when I fell pregnant with Alfie um I think I was about eight weeks I started to bleed um which for anyone that's pregnant it's like oh my gosh like what what's what's going on here so went to the doctor um and after meeting a few different doctors at the time, the reason why I was bleeding was because there is a technical name for my uterus, but in layman's terms, it's, it's a heart-shaped uterus. So basically, a uterus, I imagine, should be round, but mine kind of, kind of goes in, in the middle. There's different extremes. Obviously, mine, thankfully, is very minor. There's situations if you have too much of a dip in the middle, you will not be able to fall pregnant but it meant that the baby would only grow in one side of my uterus which obviously would then mean that the baby would always be breached there was no way of it being any other way so therefore I had to have a cesarean I think you can actually even if you do have a breech baby you can try and deliver naturally but obviously the complications are huge and the risk is very high um, so at that point, I do remember being told all of this information and, you know, you just, you think your body is how it's meant to be. You don't, you know, unless you're being told this is, this is what's going on inside. You just, yeah. you can't imagine it. So at that point, there was no conversation to be had. You know, I knew I was going to have breech babies and therefore I knew I was going to have to have a cesarean. Um, and it's the weirdest thing when you go in for a planned cesarean because you're almost like you're going into hospital just to pick up an Amazon delivery. I'd love to experience that feeling. It's it's so bizarre. It's this it's the most organized, calmest form of giving birth. And whilst you don't experience the the drama, the expectation of kind of how long you're going to be in labor, the pain, feeling that pain going through all the emotions, which I really, really did want to experience. I wanted to see if my body was capable of it, if my mind could do it. Of course it would be. Yes, but, you know, 
when when you can't when you're put into a situation where you know you can't you can't do that your body will not allow you no, to do but that you could have mentally coped for sure yeah um it's it was probably one of the best days of my life that planned cesarean because it was so orchestrated there was no room for error so i had a very positive experience with cesareans planned cesareans obviously emergency cesareans a whole different story and i know you're going to go into that but in terms of a planned cesarean and i know you know people say you're too posh to push and all of those connotations with cesareans but that you know that i'm sure for some people yeah, that is perhaps their mindset yeah but i think when you're like you said in a emergency cesarean yeah. or your body physically can't do it yeah. it's a different situation and there yeah. is a real mental thing about getting your head around that because yeah. the choice is taken out of your hands yeah i think it's very different when you get to make the decision yourself versus this is what you have to do yeah and it's a beautiful experience in a very different way yeah of course you you're know still you're not you're baby. not pushing the baby out but you're still delivering it Absolutely. and it's still a wonderful you know i don't know anything different yeah. so for me it was the best experience ever um so i think it's important to share the positive side of and listen it is major surgery and it's huge recovery and and all of that that comes with it but for me it was so worth it so I had, oh, well, I ended up with two emergency cesareans and not to scare anyone that hasn't had kids, I just want to share my story. They were quite different, but they were both emergency in the end. Um, so with Lenny, bear in mind, I had lots of IVF. My body was pumped full of drugs. I was really fixated on having a natural birth. And I had totally forgotten that Lenny was breech. He was breech, I think six weeks before, had a scan, he said, the doctor said, his breach, you're going to have to possibly have a cesarean unless he turns. So mentally, getting my head around that, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, I want to give birth naturally. So I had to get that out of my head and think, right. Did you try and have him? I went to my reflexologist. We did a whole session on moving the baby because I didn't want to have that thing where they... Like turn it. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, and I think I was looking back through the dates on my phone. I think two weeks later he moved. So I then went for another scan and they were like, he's moved. So I was like, great, this was meant to be. Back in that mindset, I'd done hypnobirthing. I was so chilled. I was like, the labor, yeah, I've got this, I can do this, etc." Anyway, went into labor and essentially my contractions ended up coming very quick and very firm, but I didn't dilate. So this went on for nearly three days. I had um, three sweeps, I had pethidine, but I just wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere. Then finally got to four centimeters and I was like, I, I, I was so physically drained and tired that I, I didn't think I could go on anymore. So I, I said, I've got to have an epidural, which was not in my birthing plan, but we go with it. As I was about to have the epidural, I my waters broke, there was poo in the water. So I had to be rushed upstairs. They gave him a scan and then it was from down there, just really, really downhill. And the alarms went off, his heart Do you rate remember I've what My was heart going now, because I haven't really, I feel like I've definitely got PTSD from it. Yeah. Oh, it's really weird. My heart is beating so fast. I can remember being in that room. I remember the, the fear of that alarm bell going off, yeah. of them being like, she's got to get into surgery now. Craig needs to get the gowns on. I remember that was the, the biggest fear because you you can't help but your mind go to oh my god yeah, are we yeah. both going to be okay yeah and I remember Craig being a mess and I think when I saw when him see, yeah being a mess I was I was gone but it was so quick and I will say that the rest is very a blur 
went in and he was born beautifully pouting. Do you remember that first yeah, pouting picture? I do. Had a one minute cuddle. Craig took him away because. Do you rem you do you remember this or is it just I, the pictures? No, I do remember it. Something had happened to my bowel, so there, I was in surgery for quite a while afterwards. So I had that quick cuddle, and then Craig was just left in a room with Lenny. He wasn't fed. Like it was a really weird. And all I remember is this: ner these nurses were amazing, stroking me, saying, "It's going to be okay. You're going to." Oh my god! I've got you as well. Sorry, because it's, gonna, you know we don't we don't you don't really go there again, do you? It's really weird. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Tell me what you do for work. Tell me about your friends. And she was choking me, and I literally I don't even remember who she was or anything like that. But these nurses and doctors saved are just me. Phenomenal. Anyway, it was fine. They did what they needed to do, but it was quite a while after till I got to hold Lenny again. And the, the issue was they didn't know what happened. And to this day, I still don't really know what the situation was. But I wasn't able to get up for three days or eat or drink. So I was basically bed bound in the hospital with Lenny. I was on a special in a special area. And, it you know, it was fine. We got on with it. Um, but I think going into motherhood mm, after having that, that extreme trauma. Yeah. Also, I spent a week in hospital. So Craig's paternity leave which was two weeks I only had a week home with him afterwards yeah so I was left after having major surgery I found it really really yeah. really hard and I just felt like a shell of myself because I was traumatized I was obviously recovering from surgery yeah. getting your head around it but he was happy and he was healthy mm -hmm. and we were there but one funny story I will share because it makes me laugh to this day and you know me you've got to have a funny moment so you're you have to get up after having an epidural yeah. or your body to go swell, to the toilet well, right to do anything so i was on like a cath i yeah. have this like attached and if you don't get up do you know what happens <laughs> do you balloon literally i remember getting up out of bed after three days and but but hold on one second as in because you weren't allowed, I wasn't to. allowed to get up because they were worried about my bowels so i had i was like hooked up so what was the protocol for you not ballooning or oh, they did balloon so when i eventually got out of bed at, out of three days i remember craig helping me to the toilet i remember i'm not my nanny <laughs> was like wobbling <laughs> it was literally like each leg was about the size i can't even <laughs> thank god there wasn't a mirror because i said to craig what is going on down here everything is wobbling it's the most what's happening well, to because me? you went into labor you you know you went, i had you I had, had all like the motions of labor and i then basically up, did have i did have a labor without any pain relief yeah. i just didn't push and i didn't have the baby at the end oh my yeah. gosh anyway went back to normal and i live to tell the tale and he's happy and healthy i remember that you've reminded me that first feeling of swinging your legs around after the surgery to stand up you feel like you've never stood up before you've you got you can't remember how to walk it's and you think you're never going to go back to normal thing. again and i remember just walking up and down the ward thinking wow that like I've done it. Yeah. And the small wins of yeah. the day of just being able and to get out of the bed is, without it hurting. It is major surgery. Yeah. I remember coming to see you after you had Ava and I made you laugh. And you were like, you can't God, make me oh, laugh. Oh, the pain of laughing. I used to like put, put a cushion. cushion there. Oh, um, gosh. But Len listen, that was Lenny. With ED, because of my previous experience, I wanted to have a plan cesarean. Anyway, let's just say ED's feisty. She decided to come a day early. Than of course plan. she did. Of course she did. Day early for my plan cesarean. It was all quite quick and because, although I did go into labour, they did get me in quite quickly yeah. and I had my One Direction playlist on and it was a much more chilled experience and it was much more enjoyable. Yes. So it was definitely more positive, so although it was still emergencies, emergency. But yeah. one 
easier than the other. So those are our stories. So anyone that has a similar story or perhaps pregnant or just find this whole chat quite interesting. We actually haven't spoken about our births, I don't think ever. Not in so that. That was not like maybe odd sentences. Yeah, here but and not there. really going into like yeah. the, the emotions of it. So that was actually quite that nice our, for us. Yeah, and that was our story. And I think yeah. it's important to share. And, you know, knowledge is power. And overall, it was a very positive experience for both of us. Moving on to something lighter. Let's do it. I want to talk about TikTok. I want to talk about this app, the bold glamour app that I know it's quite a few weeks in discussion, but I'm basing it on something that happened to me last week. For those that don't know, the bold glamour app is the app that people are using that will totally transform your face Mm -hmm. to what the app is telling you is beautiful. So the app is telling you that big eyes, thin nose, structured jawline is beautiful and this app will work on video it will work on pictures but so seamlessly that I could be talking to you now Mm -hmm. and your face could be different I would never ever know Mm -hmm. that is so dangerous and so toxic that it is so worrying that people feel the need and listen we're guilty of sometimes using filters on Instagram not to change our features but maybe to change the lighting lighting, background that kind of thing which we actually don't really do anymore Mm because I think we've understood the impact that it has but it is just so worrying that people feel the need to do that and want to look like this standard of beauty that is decided by this app well also for me the most worrying thing about it is the fact that it's so big on tiktok because obviously the generation that are on tiktok are the younger absolutely um girls and boys and whilst you know women you know, they can use all the filters they want, but they're grown women. They have, you know, they've gone through life's experiences, whether they want to do that or not, that's their choice. But young girls, young boys using these filters, it's just I'm feeling the so need to worry. And having young kids now and having girls, I mean, my niece was around at my house the other day and I gave her a glass of water and she said, these glasses are really aesthetically pleasing. How old is she? She's nine. What were you doing when you were nine? Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. It's from TikTok. She's watching aesthetically pleasing things. When I was nine, <laughs> getting new pens on my pencil case. Literally, was literally, that was the best day of your life. The best day of my life. And she has like a morning and evening routine. She films herself like on her phone. She puts on a headband. She's got a fridge for her, ma- not her makeup, her beauty products in her room. And she'll be like, just putting on my hyaluronic acid. And she's nine. I That's the even... generation. And it's so scary. It's but I have to so say, scary. Ava will be playing... With, with her Barbies. Sylvanian yeah. families and her Barbies and her babies until she is a grown woman. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to know oh. tips on how to I think that's the thing. Navigate it's, this. it's parenting this generation because it's so new. This is a whole new world. No one knows how to handle it. And I think, you know, when we were younger, it was MSN, maybe Facebook for Not some. Not when we were that age. No, you're right. We were older. So it wasn't your nine-year-old. So this is a whole new level of parenting so if there are any apps or groups or anything that can help us give us because as we said before knowledge is power if you don't have the knowledge especially with our our firsts and I think you know although we're saying it's so scary for the girls but I think equally it's as important and our responsibility to make sure that we bring up our boys with respect because and you know, to be able to call things out if they see things absolutely happening. they're they're going through it just as much as the girls are so it, you know i think it's this it's scary on both sides part of me thinks as well that 
maybe by the time that our kids are nine, ten, I know we're only a f- well, you're a few years away. I don't know if it will. I fear that it's so dangerous how it is now. Will it be the same in that time? I'm I mean, sure not. there'll be the next thing. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what what's bubbling now, but I don't know. I just think it's really scary, and you just keep hearing. Just that these girls just want to look. They, no yeah. one's happy to be themselves, yeah. you know. And it's just too much information and the wrong type of information and the comparing. And I mean, I think back looking at magazines when you're growing up and, you know, I love following Alex Light on Instagram and she she highlights, you know, the way, you know, people are described in the paper and in magazines online. You know, look at so-and-so, she's thin or this happened. And I do think that's really dangerous. But that's mm. that's the only thing yeah. that we grew up with is looking at magazines um, showcasing who's lost weight, who's put on weight, who's... I mean, I don't even remember thinking about having boob jobs or right. surgery was really a thing back then. But there was... A, if you didn't read the magazines, you weren't... You weren't aware. Whereas now, everywhere you go on the YouTube, TVs, phones, everything. But but the, the more importantly, it's not real life. So they're comparing themselves to... A yes. Vi- it's not real. Yeah, this is So true. they're never going to look like that. They shouldn't want to, but they're never going to want to. So, so they're comparing themselves or, it's an or wanting something that's yeah. not real, and that's what is really worrying because there's no level of kind of there's no grounding there. There's no it's just fantasy, and um, we just wanted to raise it in today's episode because it's something that's really been playing on yeah. our minds. Um, but yes, if you've got any resources to share or any stories that will help us we'd love to hear from you guys um and just kind of open up that conversation because it's something new that we're navigating and we know that we want to be on it and be responsible absolutely um so a couple of episodes ago we were speaking about our morning routines it seemed to be very much the in topic to talk and discuss everyone's morning routines down to what time you wake up whether you journal for me it's now starting to shower in the morning. That has definitely changed my life. And let me tell you, a lot of listeners' lives. <laughs> yes, I have inspired lots of you to get up half an hour earlier and make sure you get in that shower. Um, but there's a but coming. There's a real but coming because Sarah yesterday in the office shared that we're doing it all wrong, guys. I read that actually your best morning routine starts the night before. So all this hard work that we've been doing, <laughs> we've been doing it all wrong. This was from someone on Instagram called Ben Mir, who I've recently started following. It's a really great page, lots of kind of tips on life and just his version of doing things and is really good. Anyway, but I do want to share with you some of the tips he said for starting the night before, because I do actually think we do there's them. M- but, and also there's merit to it. Because last night, we're doing them. You. We're doing them without realising it. And great. that was comforting to me. Yes. So I'm not going to read them all out, but these are the ones I feel like we do and that we should pat ourselves on the back for. Go for it. Define your productive day the night before. So we are very good at deciding what we're doing the next day, when we're doing it. We're you know, planning, organizing lists, emails being sent. Like, I do feel like we have a structure for the day. We never go into day being like, oh, what are we going to do today? No, never. So, yeah, that's a good one. tick. Journal one beautiful life moment. Now, I do go to bed at night thinking of three grateful things for the day. And I feel like you're a grateful person as well. We might not not write Write it it down down. physically. But I feel like that is definitely something that we take on board so now the idea is that you journal in the evening and the morning no this is just one beautiful moment it could be your great lunch it could be your the sun was shining or okay. something like that so it's just yeah. one thing to look back on the day so it's not so like grateful. a whole journaling thing okay. just one thing yeah laying out the clothes the night before tick app 
concert frigging lootly without a shadow well. of the doubt gym stuff out the night before your outfit for the day yeah. it is I think I could waste 45 minutes every morning if I didn't plan my outfit the night before I mean for me it's just a no-brainer have to do it do it for the kids with their uniform last night when they had camp today everything was laid out have to do that absolutely um, and then this one we don't do, um, but I think it's interesting. Charge your phone outside of reach so you can jump out of bed in the morning. <sighs> My mum does this, actually. Does she? Well, actually, she turns off her phone, believes Aeropla- it. Every- everyone's now like, airplane mode, yeah. airplane mode. I'm just Best always way to be so productive. worried just in case of an emergency. But, My mum or but brother But Wi-Fi or still works. So yeah. you're... I don't know. I just, I mean, I totally agree because there's nothing worse. You know, if you wake up in the middle of the night, go to the toilet, then you come back and you look at your phone. Oh, no. Then you're up. No. So maybe we need to try. I mean, I don't set an alarm because you know me, me and my body clock. Never set an alarm. Unless I'm going on a flight. Because also my kids get up at like five something anyway. So um, I I know my kids are going to wake me up, but I always set an alarm just in case. No, never. Mm. Living on the edge. Oh, yeah. Um, This one, pack healthy snacks. People are the worst version of themselves when they are hungry. So true. That is me to my core. <laughs> I'm either hungry, hangry, or dying for a wee. And both of those things make you really angry. <laughs> so that was a good one. So we you pack snack. Mm. So I, boot, I do get my bag ready for work the night before. So I'll put yeah. in like my apple protein bar. Oh, I don't bar. do that. I just literally, as I'm leaving, I'll just shove no, in I do do it the fiber night before. one. Okay, maybe I Top need tip. to do that. Um, this one is very you and not so much me. Go on. You know what it is. I don't. Do the dishes the <laughs> night before. Right. So Dirty in, dishes spill into other areas of your life. In the office <laughs> yesterday, we're discussing these topics. and No judgment, guys. We're all different. <laughs> came on to the subject of cleaning the dishes before you go to bed. There's no way. By the way, the more we're saying dishes, it's sounding really dishes. bizarre to me. There's no way in hell I would leave my sink full and go up to bed. I just would not do it could not come downstairs in the morning to see dinner left in the sink. So Sarah says, yeah, but sometimes, you know, if you want to, if you can't bother to empty the dishwasher, so you'll just leave it into the morning, which I understood at that point. I got her vibes. But then I said, why would you load the dishwasher before your dinner? And she goes, well, no, they might be like cereal from the morning, breakfast plates in the sink. So then I've established the fact that she hasn't actually put any of her dishes in the dishwasher and she's just built them up. Which I found quite worrying for you. And I think you need to stop this behavior. Right. So I'm going to tell you that sometimes when it's rushed in the morning, I just put all the dishes in the sink from the kids breakfast. Yes. Then if like by the time I get home, bath, bedtime, if we just had a light dinner, maybe use the slow cooker and just leave the stuff in the sink. And I do it in the morning. Skanky. Skanky. But let me tell you, I'm the best version of myself in the morning. I'm on it. I can do any task. In the evening, I'm a frigging mess. And sometimes I just want to turn a blind eye, turn the lights off and do it in the morning. You're going all wrong because your day starts the night before. So now (laughs) you need to start cleaning your dishes. I did try it last night. And? I feel zesty. (laughs) You went to bed feeling the best version of yourself? And the dishwasher was on. There you go. I didn't empty it this morning. (laughs) No, okay, I'm with you with that. Right, I mean, so no one's got time empty, for that. Right, so if you didn't want to yes. empty your dishes this morning, because yes. I have been to your house and seen breakfast in the sink, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It does I'm happen. not going to lie. I'm not perfect. <laughs> but if you, So you won't empty the dishes. You're happy no. to leave breakfast in there till the end of the day, but then you're empty and then load So in like, one go. for example, this morning, uh, there was no time for me to empty the dishwasher and then load it again. Right. So I left the dishwasher full, clean, 
Yeah. And then I just cleaned my cereal bowls and dried them and put them away. Right. Okay. So you find I made time I will to do say that. that I don't leave the food in the plates. I do rinse it all out. Mm. Promise you. That makes me feel grim. Like just no, no, that makes me feel grim. <laughs> I just don't put them in the dishwasher. But we're going to try. Actually, though, that's my bad habit. What's yours then, Philippa? Oh, my bad habit. Oh, let me think. Do oh. I have any? <laughs> Which one? No, I have to say, I was actually thinking about this last night. I am so guilty of... I don't know what you're going to say here. (laughs) So once the kids are in bed, get home from work, put the kids to bed. There's nothing better for me than getting into a boiling hot bath. That's like my absolute happy Happy place. place. But what happens is, like what happened last night, I'll get into the bath at, say, 7.30, quarter to 8. And then it's 9 o'clock and I'm still in the bath and it's freezing cold are you not a shriveled why why have i done this to myself and i do it pretty much like almost every single night because i get in the bath it's boiling i'll do my work last night there was a load of instagramming to do took a long time and then i've done that and then i've moved on to something else and all of a sudden an hour and a half sometimes two hours no but i'm just lying would you you consider putting more warm water in for some reason i'm just like so in the zone of whatever i'm doing the an hour and a half goes by and then I move my leg and I realize how cold the water is and I'm like you why am I still in here you mummified in the bath so that is my worst habit I have to stop doing it and what I need to do is either not take my phone into the bath because then you know imagine just lying there though. Yeah, but that would be a weird, beautiful no, thing that's the weirdest thing now could you go and have a coffee by yourself have a bath just sit there because that's what I find I'm struggle to do that now I think I mean, I haven't done it. I would like to do it. I liked. I would like to have that time to be able to just sit and be. be in the moment. It's hard though because you're so used to grabbing to your phone, and that is so scary. Um, but my, yeah, my that is my worst habit, and I'm definitely going to try and not do it again because why am I doing that to myself? There's no bubbles in the bath. I'm just in cold, milky water. That's so grim. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, so after your grim bath chat, <laughs> um, I want to tell you something that's made me feel fantastic this week. What has it been? Love is Blind. I haven't got into it. Oh, my God. Don't even pretend that you've ever watched any series. Alex loves all of that crap. It is, quite honestly, the best television ever made. It's very you. It's very me. <laughs> it's heartwarming. It's addictive. It's feel good. It gets those endorphins going for all the right reasons. And... I look forward to watching Love is Blind. I'm <laughs> devastated that I'm up to date now, so I've got to wait until the 14th. Which is Tuesday. And then the 17th for my next fixes, and then it ends. But I've really enjoyed watching it. I don't. The thing is, I don't have set time, and I don't watch TV every day. So it's actually been quite a labour of love. It's taken me quite a while to get through it. But even if I've been watching like 15 minutes and watched them falling in love and being so lovely, it's just amazing so and I, I can't get it. into stuff like that like if I'm gonna watch something if I'm gonna invest time in watching something it has to grip me like I can't this is gripping Craig literally does he he doesn't know he has like golf on in the background one the other night he said I can't even listen to this shit and went upstairs <laughs> you and Alex literally need to go off together <laughs> literally watch love is, <laughs> love is blind um okay. so I wanted to share that I have to say I know that feeling of like after work after the kids in bed you've still got something to watch and kind of even if it's 10 minutes I mean I don't have I wouldn't sit down for an hour 
I'd love to, but I don't, and watch an episode. But just kind of having something to look forward to is a really nice feeling. I have to say, I read recently someone say the biggest life hack is to basically watch what everyone's talking about because then society will accept you and you'll be part of the conversations. I have to say, yesterday in the office, when you and Hope were talking about Love is Blind and I was not part of the conversation, I felt like society was not accepting me. I'm so sorry that so I made I, you feel that way. I need to start watching it so <laughs> I can be part of my the apology. Chat. Um, but my little kind of token of the week, yeah. you lent me this book for holiday. It's called It Ends With Us. I have not read a book in forever. Just never had that time. Yeah. Not, or no, actually, that's actually such a bad excuse. I never made the time. But I realized how much I love reading on holiday. Um, and it's such a great, it's, it's a just book, an easy it? holiday read. Lighthearted, but it's gripping at the same time. A great story. Um, and I loved it. And it was just like an hour of the day when Alfie was playing football. Ava went to kids club for an hour. Oh, nice. Never done that. And also that. an hour not with your phone. Exactly. Well, it was kind of, you know, I was still working, reading. But it was just, you you realize when you're reading a book and how much you're loving that moment, how important it is to just have that pure escapism, not think about anything else. And that book grips Immerse you, doesn't yourself it? And into the story. so invested in yes. the story. And actually, something I read this week said, read the books you like to read and you'll want to read more. It's, and I, No, it made me feel Isn't that it? way. And I actually wanted to read it really slowly because yeah. I didn't want the story to end. She's great, Colleen Hoover. Yes. There's, a, there's, there's another a, one. Yeah. So I'm going to um, get Okay, you get that uh, and then lend you, it to me. I will do that. Um, so we wanted to end on those little positive notes because that's just kind of what's uplifted us this week, hasn't it? Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the podcast. Can't believe we've done seven episodes. I weirdly feel like this has always been our life now. And I was thinking, do we need to take a break? But I don't want to take a break. How many episodes in a series? What do we do now? And it's funny because so many of our friends say, oh, we love it. And you guys are so natural. And when we started it, we, you know, this is a whole We were not new... natural to start. No, we, we won't. We were really over talking each other yeah. like we're doing now <laughs> we get very excited and then we just start mumbling over each other but we are very much enjoying it and we're loving all of your messages of support and that you guys love it too so it definitely keeps us going and please if you're enjoying it don't forget to subscribe to like to follow follow us over on instagram as well at we are twinset at what the brand and do leave us and a also review. at twinset oh sorry yes and twin at twinset are zipped forgot about that one <laughs> Um, and we share lots of sneak peeks as well behind the scenes there. And thank you as always for listening. See you soon. Bye.